Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, March 1, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, the first thing we notice from an intraday perspective was it was, as we say in the trading parlance, a trader's day. We'll get to that later. The first thing we do is take an assessment of the daily chart. The first thing we notice is they're hovering above the downsloping trend line. It's still important. It's the same routine. They're either going to stay above or they're not. So either they bounce from here, maybe they touch it one more time, maybe they spike it through and bounce. The alternative is they get below and start to go lower. So we've covered the bounce part. This is the area. Each and every day, the price gets lower and lower of where that trend line comes in at that current day. You can make a pretty good case that the trend line tomorrow on Thursday comes in right around 392, give or take. Then we have to ask ourselves a question. They bounced from just short of the trend line once, came back for what we can call some kind of a retest at present. Is that a good enough bounce? Is this the kind of retest telling us that the trend line is going to be support? Or are they dripping lower? Are they grinding lower in an effort to get below the trend line? Well, let's just say, for argument's sake, they're going to get below the trend line. The $100,000 question is, where are they going? Let's talk about a couple of important spots and a couple of would-be, could-be, might-happen type of schematics. These trend lines have a tendency to catch the market in both directions. What does that mean? It means this. If they break below, we can expect at some point to rally back to the trend line to run a test of the underside of the trend line. If they recapture it, that's one thing. If they don't and they get rejected, that's something else. So it looks like this. Just move the chart over for a second and we'll show you a schematic of what we're talking about. So let's say they break below, they come below somewhere in here, they run a test of the underside of the trend line, maybe they get back above and take off, and maybe they don't, maybe they're rejected, and if they're rejected, there's another leg lower coming. So that's the schematic. So let's say, for argument's sake, that's the thing that happens right now. We don't have to worry about the second step or the third step, we just have to worry about What happens if they spike the trend line and do the bounce back thing? Where are they going to spike the trend line to? Where are some important areas? Can we create a zone? And the answer is, yes, we can. The first thing we notice is we have a daily chart, breakup candle low, 388.38. We're going to pick an arbitrary number and we're going to call it 388.35. It's basically the breakup candle low, it's plus or minus a little bit on either side. That's number one. Then we have something else right below. We've used these before, it's a box. If you haven't ever seen a box before, that's what one looks like. We call it either a breakup or a breakdown box. We've used it before in another area on the chart. I'm gonna call this the failure slash breakup box. So what I'm saying is, that a lot of times when you get these down moves and it runs sideways for a while, they're building energy to make another or continuation move. Well, that didn't happen. In this case, the market actually broke up, 
So we're calling it a breakup box. So basically, if the market broke up out of this area, whether it broke up or broke down, we know one thing. The market spent a lot of time in this area eating time off the clock before making a decision and staging a rally. So notwithstanding the 388.35 that happens to be the breakup candle low, right below that, you have this breakup box. Now, the whole span of the box is pretty wide, but we can say that this was a breakout area. So somewhere from the top of the box down into the box is another zone below that breakup candle low where the market will find, what is it? Yes, garden variety support. Let me run something else by you real quick. You look at this chart over here within the box that's not there anymore. And you say, all right, when the market tried to rally, where did it go and where did it keep failing? Well, there was a number of times it did that. It did it here. It did it here. It did it here. And the next day here. And then it broke out. So doesn't it stand to reason that somewhere right along this line is essentially the breakout area if there's going to be one by definition in accordance with how I look at the markets. Okay, fair enough. Let's say that is the case. So what is that area? Well, this high is 387.41. This high is 386.43, so a buck lower. This high is 385.88. So we've got 386 to uh, this high was 387.41. So we'll call it 387 for argument's sake, give or take. And we'll make it 386.50 just to spread it out a little bit. I'd put those numbers on a sticky note. Keep them in your back pocket. And if she breaks below the trend line, which is Irene, we would look for that to be the first place of garden variety of chart support. Doesn't have to be the end of a decline, but it certainly is an area we could expect them to quote-unquote bounce the tape. If there's anything lower needed from an intraday perspective, inside the number members and inside the number live room members will certainly have that data at their fingertips. By the way, remember what we said yesterday in the video, we said based on the close, we analyzed the close and we said it was a poor close. We looked at a lot of different things and we said that's generally speaking a signal for lower prices coming sooner than later. That is in fact what happened today, which leads us to something else because movement on the tape creates opportunity for traders. We think better in pictures, right of the vertical is today's activity. Let's focus on a couple of things. They're not on the board yet. I just wanted to wet your whistle. Today was what we call a double barrel trade. That'll become more clear in a few moments. It's hump day, early in the morning, they were having some kind of a DCB slash dead cat bounce. That ultimately failed. We had some stuff in the upper or northern direction. We didn't really need those. But what we did have is something in the southern direction. The lower begins with, and this is important, 395.35. They ran a test of 396.20, closed below it yesterday. Keep that in the back of your mind, 396.20. So they moved them before the open. So let's see what happened as the price made a shift during the pre-market. We had a case of the morning thieves. They went down to run a test of the 395.35, and we're not surprised when they do this kind of stuff. We see it all the time. 
It deserves a funny how that works. So let's see what else we have as the morning begins to unfold. We're going to have to shift. Market moved. Here's the shift. 395.35 is now our early bear pivot. Back to we think better in pictures. Just focus on where the line is. Look what happened. Price traded around that line pretty much all day long. The pivot, 395.35. And here's what we're going to say before we put more stuff up on the board. We can trade to the pivot. We can trade away from the pivot. We can short to come back down to the pivot. We can buy long to come back and run a test of the pivot. These pivots are exits when we're in a trade during the morning rush most of the time. Entries, but also exits. If below, it opens the door for 394.35 and lower would be down to the trend line that we did not hit today. Above opens the door for a spike of 396. Remember, this is all before the opening bell even rings. This is in the pre-market. Spike of 396 equals 396.20. That was the gap left open from yesterday. And then you'll notice we had 396.40 yesterday. So it's still in the back of my mind as an awareness. 396.40. Let's see what else we have as the morning starts to get underway. 9.15. We got to put a trade on the board if there is one. Is there a buy? If they get to around 394.35, give or take, there should be a bounce back in the other direction. Back to the pictures, there it is, 394.35, bounce back in the other direction. Mind you, that was not, and I repeat, not trade number one. That was trade number two. Remember the whole double barrel thing. The pivot is 395.35 and will determine which side is coming first. Above the pivot is the bounce case, below is the other case. 932. 396 to 397 is a short opportunity sooner than later. The number is really 396.20. And you'll notice here at the 915 post, that was on the board, a spike of it. That is overhead resistance. That was the other side. All right, let's see what else we have. The longer they hang around above the pivot, evidence builds, they'll fill the gap over 396 and vice versa. If they're below the pivot, evidence builds that they're going to go to the lower stuff first. 948, 396.20 to 397 is a short scalp with potential still. And there it is, folks. There's your trade. They spike them up. You short the tape, ride it down to the pivot for an exit, and a trailer goes down to the area that we're willing to flip it around and buy to go where? Back to the pivot and a trailer to hire, which was where? Above 396, back to 396.20. Pretty slick stuff. We had good participation in the live room. We had good participation from inside the numbers. This is what you sign up for if you're active or would like to be active in the market during the trading day, specifically with the S&P and stocks on the move, which by the way, we'll get to a little bit later. Then this is the place where you get bona fide tour guide type information. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. You can see here, 10 o'clock, and from within the zone, the scalp portion of the trade is over. The rest is trader's choice. 395.50 is short-term support. I'm front-running the pivot for exit purposes for traders that were in the short trade. Nice trade, right back to the pivot. That's the design. Now we wait for Mrs. Market to provide further storyline. 394.35 is still good for a bounce-back trade. That was 10 
1002. This happened in the candle ending 1015. How did our morning go? We kind of like apples. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check your work. 1021. Nice trade again. All that stuff. It's all in here. It's all for the taking. If you're interested, all I have to say is come check it out. It's up to you. About stocks on the move, we had five on the board today. Two hit their entry objectives, Amberella, AMBA, and ANF, Abercrombie, and Fitch. The rest did not. They're off the board. They become what we call no trades. We only want stuff at our numbers. How did Amberella do? Well, getting a haircut at the opening bell. The number on the board was $82.33. They came into it. They spiked it by a few pennies, making a low of $82.26. Turned around, went back in the other direction. Nice trade. Significantly more than the minimum required base hit. How did ANF do? Similar routine, only gave you two trades. First number worked, they came back down. Second number worked for the rocket ride back above the first number. First number gave you a little more than the base hit. When they came back down, that trade's over. Second number gave you the whopper, as we like to say. The numbers work. That's the main takeaway. What's going on over in Camp IWM? How about a positive day today? Is that a positive divergence from the S&P? It is, but they're still doing the same thing they've been doing. And essentially, inside this breakdown candle, they're just eating time off the clock in a bearish formation. Can they get a ramp higher? Yes. Are they likely to do that while hovering above these moving averages? Not so much. But what we do know is it is all the same market and they're all going to move together, not to the same magnitude each and every day, but in general, they all do move together. It's all the same market. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Same routine. Up day, positive divergence. My two favorite market leading indicators. A number one is the IWM and A number two, including the canary in the coal mine, which is my favorite canary in the coal mine. That's the transportation people. And guess what? Same routine as the IWM. As long as they stay below here, it's a bearish pattern. Above here, and the story changes. That simple. Don't make it any more complicated than that. It's all about the spots, the numbers, the reasons why, and what happens when they do get above or below certain things. The Q people are melting away a little bit down basically the flip side of the leading indicators. It was down more than the S&P, down six-tenths, seven-tenths, one percent. The spider was down about a third of a percent. Not a big deal either way, but you can see they're just hovering on this 200-period moving average. Was this a test and a bounce and a retest of this moving average, or are they dripping lower in accordance with probably going somewhere else? And that's really where my head is. Until we see different kind of price action that says the bulls are back in town, then we're looking for them to satisfy some lower slash southern stuff. About the financials, can't get much of a read on the financials. We're going to use the 50 period moving average as the bogey. We don't know if they are or they're not, but if they're not finding support at this 50 period moving average, then what they're doing is eating time off the clock around the 50-period moving average, the longer this goes on and the longer they can't get back above the 20-period moving average, the more evidence that builds there's going to be another move lower. 
about Smash Mouth. Well, we can't get any read on what happened today. It was up 16 cents, so we're going to call it flat. We're going to call it a bearish wedge, and we're going to say if they can't get above the 20-period moving average, then the bearish wedge is likely to do this. That's the duck. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's generally a duck. If they get above the 20-period moving average, the duck turns bullish. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.